Yeah, yes he can. The old folks say he do the trust. Uh huh. As Isaac says, look at God, can he do it? That's what it's all about, huh? Let's see all y'all, what all y'all's read. I forgot mine. Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm wanting yeah. One of the things that we need to remember, okay, take God at his word. That's right. You know, the Bible tells us about situations and circumstances that we're going to get in, but we have the power in Christ to get through those things. When it tells us those things, that means you're going to have to go through some things. It's a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, God doesn't answer prayers. And people say, what do you mean about why God doesn't answer prayers all the time? Isn't it so that when Jesus Christ was in the Garden of Gethsemane, did he not say, Father, let this cup pass? Did he not say that? And God did not answer that. He didn't answer that, did he? And did he not say also three times he didn't answer? And then there's one of my favorite scriptures where Paul says, I went to God thrice, or meaning three times, and asked him to move the thorn out of my flesh. He did not answer that prayer. He just simply said, my grace is sufficient for thee. So a lot of times, you see, there's such thing as unanswered prayers, okay? But there's never in the Bible anywhere where there's an unanswered promise. Say that. You see, what he promised, he met. You see, what he promised, he met. That's right. That's right. right? But sometimes we ask for things uh, uh, that he doesn't answer that prayer simply because he knows better than us. But he gives us the strength to go through and to deal with what we have to deal with. That's right. Remember last week we done Psalms 55 and 22, and I, it started out, so here's what I've learned through it all. It's kind of like an older person telling some young people something. You see, it's kind of like, you know, here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord. Yes, and his unmeasurable grace will strengthen you. Yes, and he will never allow the righteous to be shaken, slip, fall, or fail. That's a promise. That's right. That's right. You know, it didn't say you wouldn't get through it. Didn't say it wouldn't happen to you. Just said you would make it through it. You wouldn't slip, fail, or fall. Now this time we want to do something else a little different. One of my favorite steps in the twelve steps is step three. Everybody needs to come through. Step three, we've made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. That's right. That's, that's for you all to know, that's AA, step three. There's going to come a, a lot of people fail simply because they haven't turned their wills and their cares over to God. Now, let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to own it. And we're going to talk about what you got to own. Sometimes, all the time you got to own it, but you got to own it. 
And this lesson is about to help us to own it. Once we own it, then we know what to do with it. That's right. That's right. Do you understand? If you try to fake it, some people say, uh, fake it till you make it, that won't work. No, that ain't going to work. No, not in Christianity. You see, if, if, it's, uh, if you ain't making it, there's a reason you ain't making it. And it's probably because you ain't making it because you ain't letting God take it. Oh, you, you understand what I'm talking about? And so what we do here, what I like doing here, I like preparing you all for life's lessons. We've had so many telephone calls of sickness in this church with other people other than the people who come to the church. And uh, there's just like all kinds of stuff is going on and people are having to, they're gonna have to go through some things. If you're not going through something, then you need to be able to minister to somebody else to help them to get through what they're going through. So there should never ever be silence in a Christian's life. Because if we are going to be Christ, Christians, that means Christ-like, right? That means we are disciples of Christ. So if we are disciples of Christ, we do the finished work of Christ. Now, when I say finished work of Christ, some people get all confused. Didn't Christ say it was finished on the cross? He meant his was finished on the cross. When his was finished, yours started. And the Christians started that we're going to take the place now, you know. He shouldn't, he doesn't have to come down and do what he left us and qualified us and the Holy Spirit anointed us to be able to do. Does that make sense to you? It's just like, I, if right now, uh, I'm just limited, I might seem like I'm rambling, but it'll make sense to you. See, there's certain things that God has put people in our lives to help us to find our way. You see, if you're sick in here today, if you're sick in here today, you, you praying for yourself ain't gonna work. Ask me why. The Bible says call the elders of the church. They're gonna be up here in a few minutes and they will pray for you, that's right. you see? So that's a promise. He's told us what to do. So we need to learn the instructions. Now remember now, I told you there, there are promises of God. Look at the promises. He's not going to go back on his promises. He's not gonna give me something that I need if I'm not gonna use it. He's not gonna give me the tools that I need if I'm not gonna to have to use the tools in my life. And as we go on into uh, this lesson today, and I'll try to shorten as much as I can because I wanna make sure we get it, all right? And it starts out with 1 Peter, I think it is, and the voice, is that right? Where am I at? Oh no, that's last week's lesson. Yeah, it's a test. Matthew 11, 25. Yeah, that, starting out with Matthew, that's, Matthew, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Y'all want me to do it over again? No, it's going to be like almost the same. All right, here we go. It says in verse 25 that at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. And see, I love how Jesus' prayers are. He does more prayers. Remember, I was going to tell you about prayers. He does more prayers of thanksgiving. Sometimes we pray foolishness. We're praying about something that ain't even on God's agenda. You know, we, we pray, but he always, he done more praising to God. Right. It's just like, let's say I'm like, we're going to all watch, most of us watch a football game. Don't you know that the chief fans are praying to win? That's right. The bingo yeah. friends are praying to win? Yeah. God ain't interested in who wins the game. The Packers are not there. But so anyway, <laughs> thought I'd throw that in. I had to throw that in. I had to do a DJ. I had to do it, Jesus. I couldn't help myself. You see? So what makes us think that our prayer 
for the Chiefs are more important than the prayer for the Bingos. You see, sure. now, what families need to pray is that their uh, uh, sons and daughters and, uh, excuse me, that their sons uh, don't get injured. That's right. Now, that's a prayer. That's right. You see, he, they'll decide who wins the game. He cares less about that. But he does care about prayers about someone getting injured. So my prayer would be let no one get injured. There's many people getting injured as we watching this stuff. And families need to pray about that. So we put, I'm using that as a parable because we pray about things as a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> you see, it had to be like, uh, God, if I would ask God, my prayer is God give me something plenty to eat. I already got plenty to eat. He promised me that. Are you understanding? You see? So, you know, uh, so I can ask God uh, to move the cancer out of my body, okay? He's already done that. I'm a, you see, I have no cancer right at the moment in my body. So why, why am I praying that prayer? You, I'm trying to get you all to get real, you see. So what, here's what it should be. I always try to cut it into threes. There's three, one-third prayer ought to be praise. The next third ought to be thanksgiving. And then the next one, something you need to pray about. If you are asking for something all the time, you're saying that God is not giving you what you need. Most of you in here, I know most of you in here, you got what you need. You see, I don't have to ask God to empower me. You see, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Once I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, well, I'm down here talking about God filled with the Holy Spirit. He done that when I got saved, you see. So we have to learn those things. When we ask the, uh, uh, the uh, Paul and uh, Brother Paul and his wife to come up to pray, you know, they don't have to, I don't have to pray for them to be able to uh, pray for you all. They got the anointing. You see, it's too late to be worried about <laughs> when you step up here, you got the anointing. Now, to some folks, you don't want to lay nothing on you. You don't want them laying their hands on you because they don't have the anointing to lay hands on you. And so, and they're not righteous people, and they can be so-called Christians in the church, but they're not righteous, and God only hears the prayers of the righteous. All right, so the righteous people have positions and anointing and tools that God uses to build up the body of Christ. And so he starts out thinking about telling us that the, the wise people understand, don't understand this. Some people wise mean these people of knowledge. Some things you can't get with knowledge. That's a, that's a wisdom kind of a man's guy was. But it, he said he's got that. But the babes understand it. Sometimes the babes in Christ understand more than those people who call themselves the mature people in Christ. That's right. That's right. Do you understand? Here we go. Because that's not where the lesson's coming from, all right? He says in verse 26, Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight, mm -hmm. all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son. So he's letting us know right up front. No man knows the Son and the Father. It'll be both in there. No man knows the Father. We can't know the Father. He let us know that in the, gospel, the other Gospels. You can't get to the Father, Jesus says, but by me. So he said, no man knows the Father. Except the Son. All right? He said, But the Father knoweth neither any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. And so he don't know us, but he knows the Son. So the Son will reveal to us who the Father is. 
And once the son reveals to us who the father is, then the father knows the son. So he's going to bless the son. So when he blesses the son, we get blessed through the son's prayers. You see? Jesus is at the right hand of the father. Coming again to judge the living and the dead. Right? We all know that. He's sitting up here right there by the Heavenly Father, but he's got the Holy Spirit. Remember I told you that? He's got the Holy Spirit right here because the, Jesus prayed to the Father, yeah, he did, to send us what? Another comforter. And he said the Father would send us a comforter, the Holy Spirit, and he would bring back to us our teaching, what, the, what he taught us, and then he also said he will bring us things to come. So there are people, you know, we don't like to talk about it now. We got too conservative in the church about prophecy. There are people who have that gift of prophecy through the Holy Spirit, and they can tell us things that are coming. Well, this whole book's full of prophecy. We are not, this uh, viruses, how many, every time you look up, there's a new one in a new one. This thing is nothing new. We should have known that there's gonna be some things that man was gonna have to deal with. The Bible says wars and rumors of wars. Right. Yeah, you leave people from this one, then now you're getting ready to send somebody over here to another one. You see, that's, it, it tells us all these things. You see, it talks about mother against daughter, daughter against, all of this stuff that's going on. The Bible tells us, well, when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what the Bible has said. Make sense? Same way, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what you need and what you don't need in your life. But you have to make the choice. You see? Yeah, I mean, Jesus said, hey, Father, let this cup, bitter cup pass. But God knew what we needed, and if he'd have let that bitter cup pass and Christ not die, then we couldn't get saved. That's right. You see? So he knew that. So he didn't answer that prayer. And there's a whole controversial thing about what Paul had. They got all kinds of stuff. Some say he had this, say that. They don't know. But whatever it is, Paul didn't want it. But God said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Where you are weak, then I'm your strength. Sometimes there are things in your life that weaken you, okay, to keep this small. Yeah, you see? You see, it kept, it, yeah, you can get too big up here. You see? So God left that thorn in his flesh to keep him, what, on his knees. That's right. And, he, and Paul says every now and then it would hit him in his side. Didn't he say that? Well, remind him, no, hold it, dude. You ain't all that, you see? And so some things you praying for, he's not gonna move them because he knows if he moves them, you'd be go crazy. Does that make sense? So, you know, you, you know when you're your strongest is when you're on your knees communicating with God. Yes, when you're on your knees communicating with God and asking God to send, uh, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to take over. And then sometimes you just need to ask the Holy Spirit to take over. He's already inside you. So here we go. He also said in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is what I want to talk about. He, he's told us, listen to me. He says, he would give us rest. Mm -hmm. What is laden? Heavy laden. Laden is heavily loaded or weighed down, oppressed, abused, distressed, persecuted, enslaved, helpless. See, when you're in a moment of your life when you feel helpless, it ain't got to be sin. You feel helpless, you see. 
You see, you feel oppressed. I don't care who you are. You're going to go there sooner or later. You're in, a, you're, you're in a place in your life where you just feel just woe out, as the old folks used to say. And then he says, hey, you got to own it, people. You got to own it that you are heavy laden. Own it. Once you own it that you're heavy laden, then you got to give it to him. But you got to own it. You got to own it. Once you own it, then he says, I'll give you rest. That's a, now, wait a minute now. That is a promise. So what happens to a lot of people when they get heavy laden and they're getting ready to go through some, there's been some times I've been oppressed and, and some people here have been abused. They know that. Put it be a job or where it is. Uh, uh, and some been stressed out, you persecuted in your own home, in your own family or, or people around you, you see, enslaved by whatever, and you feel helpless. Uh, I remember when uh, my doctor, uh, uh, Pecoroni, uh, was... He called me and I was going to get my checkup, and that's when I'd gone through the first time in cancer. He sat on the, uh, the table with me, and he said, Johnny, my wife has cancer. And he says, and I feel so impotent, and I'm a doctor. Amen. Exactly, Gwen was in there with me. Yes, doesn't matter. Sometimes how much you know, sometimes you get in a place where you're just impotent. And you're in this place where I wish you got somebody, a loved one that's sick, a loved one that's struggling, or you know somebody's abusing themselves. You know somebody's distressed. You can't help them, you see. Or it could be you sitting in here. The only place you can go is say, Lord, own it. I can't handle this. I'm giving this to you. Am I making sense? You can have a loved one that's going through something. And you love them and you want to do everything you possibly can to help them, but you can't. And if you're not careful, both of y'all stressed out. Well. You gotta just lay it over here. Because that's a promise. So sometimes you don't need to pray, you just need to read the scripture and say, God, this is what you said, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving this to you. Go ahead, please. Another way to look at it, Pastor, is that Jesus said, graciously I give unto you an invitation to come to him. Right, so he's saying, this is an invitation. Jesus is saying, I'm giving you an invitation to come to me with everything that's burdening you. So come on. Just so like this here, you see, I'm going to have this big party, guys. A huge party, ain't got to bring nothing. It's going to be everything you need at my house, and we're going to watch the ball game. And then you say, I say, everybody come, anybody come. And then I walk down and say, can I come to your, ball, your party? I've already invited you. Now, that's a parable. You see? That's a parable. You've already been invited. See? You've already been invited to come to God. He's given you an invitation. You see? Well, why aren't you going? He's told you. Come on. Come on. 
You're down on your knees asking for something God's already given to you. Give it to him. He said, I'll give you rest. All right. Let me read that again. Okay. Jesus graciously gives us an invitation. Graciously. To come to him who are weary and burdened with troubles of life. Did y'all hear that? I don't care who you are, there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to be weary and burdened with the troubles of life. How many times have you all sat in here and heard pastors say, it's life. It's life. And he's saying, hey, it's an invitation. Come to me. But you got to own it and say, I'm the one he's talking to this morning. I'm the one pastor's talking to this morning. I'm the one that's weary this morning. I'm the one that's burdened this morning. I'm the one that's got trouble in my life this morning. I'm going to take God at his word and give it to him. You see, it's an invitation. It's a promise. It's an invitation. Get off your knees. Give it to him. He's opened the door and gave you an invitation to lay it at the feet of the cross or the feet of Christ. Take it. Let me tell you something. Everybody in here, if you don't get it, you keep living and you're going to have to deal with it. And if you don't own it, you'll go a whole lifetime struggling trying to deal with it. But somebody in here is going to hear what pastor is saying through the word of God and said, I see what he's saying. I'm not going to go to all my life worrying, worrying and burdened with the troubles of my life. I'm going to give them to him. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. I'm going to give them to him. Because some things we worry that this, uh, this worry and it's burdened us down. Sometimes it ain't none of your business. You see? Let me tell you, you love your children, I understand that. It can be a it can be a child. You see, that you burden down and worried about this child, and that person's bringing trouble in your life, and you're gonna try to fix it. That ain't what he said to do. He didn't even say pray. He said, give it to me. He said, bring it to me. He said, you had an invitation to bring it to me. But you got to own it before you can give it. All right. Church, do you have a burden? Because a burden is something that is hard to endure, a heavy burden of sorrow. You can be in sorrow. You can lose somebody in your life, and it brings sorrow to your spirit. You see? And that's why Jesus says, I will give you, send the Holy Spirit, and he, I'll give you another comforter. That's what he told the guys, which is the Holy Spirit. And listen, how, this is how this goes. The Holy Spirit will comfort you because we need the Holy Spirit to comfort us because of what our brother just read. You need comfort from the Holy Spirit. And guess what? When you believe what I'm saying, that you allow the Spirit of Christ to be in your life, the Holy Spirit, you know that, be in your life, he's a comforter to you. Guess what you are to other people? You are a comforter to them. Right. Say amen to that. Amen. You see? And we're going to read that again because I brought a better response. Please do that for me, please. Jesus graciously gives us an invitation to mm-hmm. come to him 
who are weary and burdened with the troubles of life. Then mm -hmm. he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The message says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Said the Holy Spirit will tell you how to take a real rest. The Holy Spirit will tell you, come here, sit down. You know, I, I, I listen to people all the time, Christian people talking about God this, God this. I want somebody one day to come to me and say, God told me to shut up. I want somebody to come to me and say, God told me to quit meddling. Come on. I want somebody to say, the Holy Spirit told me, sit down. You know, set your, sit down. <laughs> Stay out of that. Get away from that. Own it and get away from that. You see, most people's problem is they the problem, making somebody else the problem. You see, got an invitation. Own it, give it. If it's yours, you got the right to give it. You got the right to give it away, don't you? If you own it, you can give it away. God is saying, Jesus Christ is saying, you own it, you can give it to me. Here you go. All right? He said that because in verse 30, he said, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So take mine. Mine's easy. Mine's light. You see? And that's the way I want to live. I want to live with his burdens. It's easy. His yoke is easy. Man, what a blessing to know that you can get out of that mess you're in and dump that load on him. Then it lightens your load. You in here this morning, you're carrying something that's too big. It's too heavy for you. You got to give it to him. You see? Your sorrows, your pain, yes. You see, as we say, we say the blues. Somebody said the blues ain't nothing but a good woman, a good man feeling down. That's right. I'd use that because most of you know what that is, right? That's right. I say you need to give that to him. You see, and have joy. Too much. It's too heavy. You can't carry it. It'll rob you of your life. That's right. It'll rob you of your life. The only thing, now hear me, I'm talking Johnny Fields, hear me. When I hit that 75 for a minute, I was not a happy camper. Not because I was 75, because of all the stuff that I carried me with me. That robbed me of all those years. I'm trying to tell you this morning, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't sit back and say, well, I'm doing good, but I wish I had have given those things to him when I was 25, 35, 40. You got a chance this morning. Give it to him. It's an invitation. All right. Let's read the Life Recovery Bible, Pastor. Okay. What he's saying, church, is that when our burdens become heavy and we find that our way of life is leading us toward death, we may finally be willing to let someone else do the driving. So what we need to sometimes let somebody else do the driving. You see, when our burdens become heavy and we find that our way of life is leading us toward death, we may finally be willing to let someone else drive. And what that means, death, 
Spiritually means separated from God, not the grave. That's right. That's right. You see? Let somebody else drive. That somebody else is Christ. Who's driving? Who's driving in you? You know, they always say that if you go out partying something, make sure you have a designated driver. That's right. Some of you need a designated driver. That's right. In your life. That's right. Because you can get intoxicated over your issues. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you see? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and say, no, say, I think it, I forgot her name. Say, let Jesus take the wheel. Carrie Underwood's song, we need to let Jesus take the wheel. That's right. Yes, you're intoxicated over your sorrow and your burdens and folks and stuff and all of this. Slide over. Trying to figure out which way should I go. Slide over. Let Jesus take care of driving. All right. It says, we may have worked hard at getting our life on the right track, but still feel as if we always end up on dead end street. And I've seen people do it. Well, they worked hard to get it on track. It worked for a minute, but they couldn't stay there. Some of the, some of the people in recovery will tell you that, that many of them that worked, they worked really hard to get their life in track, but they still fail. They fail. Wind up in the wrong, a dead end street. Because you can't do it. You can't fix you. <laughs> you better you can't fix you, and you can't fix nobody else around you. You see? Got an invitation. Take this, Lord. Take this burden. Take this pain. Take this sorrow. I can't handle it. I give it to you. Let us yoke together. When you're yoked up, that means you're equal. You want to be yoked up with Christ. He'll help you. Yeah, he will. He'll help you get through it. Some of us um, have been through some stuff here lately. I've had so many calls in my life of people losing folks. People say, yes, in this church, losing folks. It's a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow. Folks are losing folks. You see? You can't do anything about it. You can grieve and should, but you grieve so long, and then you have to let the grief go because if it doesn't, it'll become a burden. That's it. God gives you time to grieve. That's just human nature. You want to grieve, but you can't grieve forever because if you grieve too long, it becomes a burden, and if it becomes a burden, it becomes too heavy in your life, and you wind up losing what you had your life. What's there? You see? I can tell you that. You ain't never seen nobody shake off stuff as much as Pastor Phil's shaking off stuff. I tell you, I'm not afraid to tell it. You see, when you're 75, Johnny Fields, Pastor Fields, whatever Fields, you know for real, you ain't got decades. That's right. So you ain't got time to be burdened down and, and live in weary, a weary life. You see? And so I'm handling everything because my way. Hand it to him. Hand it to him. Hand it to him. God, you gave me an invitation. Here I am. It's me. You see? So there used to be a song 
says, it's me, O Lord, standing in need of prayer. You need to dump that. It's me, O Lord, giving you something that you had to, amen, invitation to give you. That's right. <laughs> I ain't praying, I'm giving it to you. He didn't say pray about it. He said, give it to me. He said, let me handle it. Because my burden's light. All right? You see? I guarantee you some of you need to shake it off up in here. Try to help you a little bit. Give it to him. Give it to him. It will drag you down. It's too heavy. All right? Church, taking on a yoke implies being united to one another in order to work together. It takes two people to be united, thank you, to one another to work together. I'm united with Christ to work my life through this journey. Don't know how long it's gonna be, but I'm united with Christ. Because he's given me an invitation. I'm united with him. We're yoked together. I'm yoked with him. Makes me feel good. And it gives you a security when you know you're yoked with him. That's right. Then you can say, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me because I'm yoked with him. That's right. All right? Those who are yoked together must go in the same direction. By doing so, their work is made considerably easier. It's easier because I'm going the same direction. Guess why? Because I moved over and let him drive. Right. Right. So I'm going the same direction he's going. There was a time when I was not yoked up with Christ. I was going on, I was on a one-way street. You see? What's that thing they give you when you're intoxicated? A breathalyzer? If I'd have had a spiritual breathalyzer, I'd have been off the chart. Come on. Said, you drunk on your own self. You drunk dealing with some friends in your life. You drunk. Huh? Meddling in other people's business. You drunk, worried about what the Republicans and the Democrats are going to do. Huh? You see? Yeah, see, you understand it? Let Jesus die. Because when you get drunk, you don't know where you're at. That's right. You start running into stuff. You start out walking, next thing you know, you done hit something. Now you got a worse problem. You're going to jail, right? For being intoxicated and for that car you hit. Spiritually, is the same way. Satan wants you to get drunk in yourself. He wants you to do it on yourself because once you do it yourself, you're so intoxicated, you're going to miss some signs. Soft shoulders, detour, one-way street. You will miss them. That's what he wants you to do. So he tries to get you so intoxicated on, on, on the things that don't matter so that you can run into the things that don't matter. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. But pastor, here's the key. We have to decide to submit our life and will to God's directions. There you go. So our burdens become manageable. You have to decide to get out of the driver's seat and let God manage it. You don't know. How many, let me see, how's it been, two, three years? Three years ago, 
Somebody said, I can't wait to 2021. Next year is going to be a better year. Had no clue what they were going to run into. Every, and some of you all in here have had things happen to you and, you and you thinking that, wait a minute, I can't wait till Christmas. I can't wait till the birthday. I can't wait. You see, someone asked me and Sister Gwen when we had our 50th anniversary, what are you all going to do? Are you going to do this then? And we said, looked at each other like, what can we do that we don't do? Yes, married folk up in here. We, had, we couldn't figure out what to do. So I, I had this plan, invited the kids over uh, to Cascone, my favorite place, and, and I had my chicken spadini and, 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 and paid for everybody's. I didn't let them pay for anything, they paid for everybody. Because just blessed. Blessed to blessed. Just blessed. You see? Get out of the driver's seat, folks. Slide over. Let Jesus get in the driver's seat. Because he won't run into anything. That's right. You see? Some of you need to go to that place and get on your knees when you get so much in you. You got a detox? You might need a detox. That's right. Look detox for loving the wrong things. Detox from feeling the wrong appetites up. Detox. You say, God, uh, I can't handle this. I'm giving it to you. He'll pour it out. You don't have the strength to do it. That's just simple teaching there, folks. That's just simple teaching there. You see? All right. Pastor, let's look at it this way. When we let him do the driving, we will find rest for our soul. And that's where it is. When you let God do the driving, you will find rest for your soul. If your soul is heavy this morning, who's driving? Ask yourself, who's driving? You can't find rest anyplace else other than in Christ. You see? You, I'm telling you, there'll be a point There'll be a point in your life, many of you have been there already, there's a point in your life where you can't rest in your, in your human nature. But boy, if you're saved and you take the invitation, you can rest in your spirit. That's right. That's right. Because you gave it to Christ. Amen. All right? He knows the way and has the strength to turn us around. He knows the way. He has the strength. Turn it around. One of my favorite lines, I like movies that have lines in it. Uh, the butler, many of you saw the butler. And you remember at the end of the butler, uh, he goes in because President Obama wanted to see him. And this young guy who's taking, he's to, taking his place, he stands up and he says, right this way, sir. He looked at him and said, I know the way. <laughs> Do you remember that part? Yeah. yeah, he was there for that kid was born. You see, I don't have to talk and pray to the Holy Spirit to do something. He'll look at me and say, I know what you need. I don't have to ask the Holy Spirit to go. He said, I know what direction you need to go. You see? You see? 
It's about having him and allowing him uh, to do what he asked to do, and you do what he asked you to do. He asked you to take the invitation and bring all of your burdens and give them to him and your worries. That's right. He said, I know what to do with him. Learn this lesson, because someday you'll need him. You're going to need it. You're going to be in a place where it hurts. And you can't let it keep hurting because it'll rob you of your life. Or oh, you understand me. Oh, you done? No, do this top commentary. Okay, top commentary. Okay. So simply put, church. Oh, yes. That's, this is, you this. accept the invitation. He will free you from your burdens and give you rest. He will free you from your burdens and give you rest. Peace. Peace. And his Holy Spirit will lead you through life's trials and cares. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. He will free you from your burdens and give you rest, peace. And the Holy Spirit will lead you through life's trials and cares. Get out of the way. Let God do what he wants to do. Right. Get out of the way. Hand the keys to him. Some people don't even need to sit beside him. Get in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he'll bless you. I promise you, as, as uh, Brother Paul comes up, I promise you, I promise you people, this lesson's real. I promise you that. I promise you that. I want you to get this. Be prepared for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give the good... Keep it, give the bad and the ugly to him, and he will give you rest and peace. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Yeah, thank you.